0: Watch what you do, watch what you say, and fear the moon on New Year's Day. The end of the year draws closer,
1: and the small town of Lakewood suffers a series of vicious animal attacks. High school senior Emily Burns suspects it may be something worse, something or someone close to her. Robert R. Best, author of the Memorial Trilogy, returns with his first new novel in seven years. New Year's Day tells a chilling tale of lonesome nights, menacing shadows, and werewolves. Look for it on Amazon or anywhere you buy books. Watch what you do, watch what you say, and fear the moon on New Year's Day.
2: This program is a proud member of UniVoz. Unified, unique voices. Learn more at univozpods.net.
0: Hello, my name's Patrick, and I'm a Scream Queen. I'm a Scream Queen, and so are you! <laughs> Again, my beautiful screamers and welcome to season 12 of Scream Queens, the podcast where horror gets gay. This is episode 321 and tonight we are inviting the wrath of god to strike us all down because we are talking about the movie Saint Maud and to do that, I'm going to be joined by graphic artist from Evil Goods Design, Casey Loman and from the Movie go round podcast, Nicole Davis. But before we go a step further, please allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is Patrick Walsh, and ever since 2010, I've been your guide to the weird and wonderful world of horror movies. But hold on there, partner. You're going to have to see them through my very, very gay little eyes. yippee ki yay honey. So what's been going on at Scream Queens headquarters during the hiatus? You know what? It's a lot. And when I say a lot, I mean a lot. And rather than bog things down now, I'm going to tell you after we talk about the movie. How's them apples? Crunchy, tasty, delicious, fabulous. But I need your help. I've discovered that Captivate FM, who I love, my podcast host, only had so much storage space. And since 12 years is a really long time to be doing shows, they had a cap of 300 episodes. On there. So, a lot of episodes from season one have been deleted. And as some of you might remember, last year I had that hard drive failure, that external hard drive failure, where I had all the old episodes stored. So, if anybody out there by some freak chance, still has access or has old episodes of the show from season one. I think up till episode fifty yeah, episodes one through fifty one are all gone. If you've got them, please let me know. Please let me know. Drop me a line. Facebook and Instagram are the best places to reach me right now. And to do that. You do a search on Scream Queens, the podcast where hard gets gay, on Facebook and on Instagram. I'm Scream Queens podcast, and of course that's Queens with a Z. Before I bring on Nicole and Casey, I just want to let you know. This episode was recorded with Squadcast. Squadcast is remote recordings for professional podcasters, and I talk about them all the time. But this is one of those episodes that they saved. I finished the session with Nicole and Casey. I went in to download the files, and I realized something was very wrong. See, everybody's voice gets recorded on a different track. I realized that Casey's track was a half an hour shorter than Nicole's and my track. For some reason, it just stopped recording. There was no indication that anything weird mishap had happened or, or that we had a disconnect. There was no indication of that at all. It just stopped recording. And I said, oh, shit, we're going to have to redo this whole thing. And I contacted Squadcast, and they said, don't worry about it, baby. We keep everything. They're actually recording your recordings. So there was a backup recording that was right there for Squadcast. It didn't cost anything extra, and they saved the show. And it's that kind of customer service and that kind of de- detail and that kind of trust I can put in a company that makes me recommend them more than any of the other remote podcasting services that are out there. I've tried a bunch of them, and they all stink. I don't like them. They can't compare to Squadcast. And you can get a free seven-day trial of Squadcast just by going to www.ScreamQueens.com Squadcast. And that link will be right down there in your show notes for you to check out. I think that's all I've got for now. I'm just itching to start the show. So why don't we do that and take a listen to the trailer for Saint Maud. Prepare for fire and brimstone.
2: Dear God, your presence graces the air. And soon, everyone will see you. Hi, are you Maud? Yes, hi. It takes nothing special to mop up after the dying.
3: You're prettier than the
2: last one save a soul. That's quite something. Bless Amanda's body and bless her mind which is shrouded in darkness. When you pray, do you get a response? It's like he's physically in me. It's how he guides me. My little saviour. Hey, I thought that was you. What are you up to? Mm. I'm a private carer. You're still nursing? What? Well, they know what happened. All the good girls go to hell. even got her I just want to see you loosen up. I've got more important things on my mind. There's <laughs> my little sage. Oh, Maud, he isn't real. <laughs> Nothing worthwhile comes easily. You must be the loneliest girl I've ever seen. I'm ready and open. I feel fuller of your love than ever before. Spility. oh yes of course this is life and death on another level what if i'm getting it all wrong all the good girls go to so joining
0: me to kick off this first episode of season 12 of *Scream queens are two very special guests the first, last time she was here, she was here to talk about Swallow. You know her from the Movie Go Round podcast, and she's very, very smart, and her hair is very, very purple. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and my GNCs, wherever you may be, please welcome back to Scream Queens, the fabulous Mr. Nicole Davis!
3: Oh, thank you, thank you. I'm excited to be here again. This was this was a movie.
0: It this was a was movie. movie. One of these guys I'll have to have you on here for some <laughs> fluff because they, have, they have to bring you on for the heavy hitters.
3: Yeah, this one I was just like, as soon as it ended, I almost I wanted to text you and be like, now that's an ending. But it was like 11:45, and that's not appropriate, so
0: I didn't do that. <laughs> I live for inappropriate, Nicole. You should know that by now. <laughs> and speaking of inappropriate, which means nothing at all, because she's very, very, appropriate, I am thrilled to have, for the first time as a guest on the Scream Queens show, you know her work more than you know her voice. She is the artist behind the Fems of Fright that were featured last February during uh, Women in Horror Month at the Scream Queens Merchandise Store. She is the, uh, lead, the, she's the creator of the Evil Goods Design Company, and... She's here now for the very first time. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, MIGNC's wherever you may be, please! Welcome to Scream Queen Studio, the fabulous Casey Loewen!
1: Uh, Thank you so much for having me again. I'm excited to talk about St. Maude. Uh, I just watched it again, and there's just so much to it uh, that I cannot wait to sort of pick apart today with y'all.
0: There really is. There really is. It seems very straightforward, but like I said, before we started, I said I visited the the movie again last night and watched it from a different point of view. Changed the whole experience for me, and I, I love these kind of movies that you can just dig and dig and dig and there's always something else there. So, Casey... Since you are new, I'm gonna spare you the little task that I normally inflict on people. Nicole, since you're a veteran, I need you to give me a nice, tight, 30-second plot summary of the movie Saving All the Clusters now!
3: Uh, Maud is a private care nurse who had some sort of traumatic accident before the movie begins. She is now acting as a private nurse for a woman who is dying of cancer. Uh, She becomes very concerned with saving her patient's soul and kind of oversteps her boundaries and things
1: spiral from there. Casey, anything you want to add to that? Uh, That was super well done. Perfection.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, fortunately, this is one of those movies where, like, there's a lot going on, but not a lot happens. Yeah. Which,
1: the movie. Is, uh,
0: which is why, when I spoke to these guests uh, earlier, I said, I don't think going plot point by plot point is going to serve us very well because not much actually happens, but yet everything's happening. Like, it's just going to be confusing. Um, the other thing I want to say up front is that before I saw the movie, I was very, very angry because. One of my favorite queer podcasts, whose name I'm not going to mention, they spoiled it, like, without warning. Like, they weren't even no. talking about the movie, and they gave away the ending.
3: Oh.
0: We're going to have to do that. You can't talk about the movie without talking about how this movie ends. So if you haven't seen it, go watch it. It's on Hulu right now. rented by. I I think it's brilliant. So uh, I say blind buy. If you, if you like these A24 films, definitely. Yes, Nicole? Um.
3: I just want to say that it's also available through Epix or Paramount Plus, and you can use their seven-day free
0: trial. Excellent, excellent. But what I was going to say is that I would almost say that it, I, I, initially I was mad, but when I watched the film, finally I said it's really not a spoiler. It's the ending of this film is inevitable. It's like fake. Yeah,
3: you could you could feel that this was not going to end well. <laughs> No, yes, and it's, it's like a it's, slow
1: car wreck, just slowly, like, you know, you love Mod; she's a lovable weirdo, you're rooting for her, but you know there's no good end in sight.
0: Well, depending how you look at the movie, I was actually going to talk about this at, towards the end, um, because we haven't gotten into the specifics yet. Uh, first of all, as mo- most of you out there know, I survived 17 years of Catholic school.
3: That's a lot of Catholic school.
0: It really is, it really, and all this stuff just... In this film, I kept getting hit with stuff. Uh, but it occurred to me, the second time I watched the film, I said, what if Maud's not crazy? What if this is really happening? What if this is God speaking through her? And then I realized, you know what? In my 17 years of Catholic school, we were always bombarded with these movies. Like every year, we had to watch The Song of Bernadette. We had to watch The Man of Man for All Seasons. All these things where the, where the lives of the saints are just portrayed as just this is totally not Passion of the Christ. Yeah, I can throw that in there too. It's it's awful. Films about suffering, 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 and it, the person is martyred at the end. We're supposed to go. Oh, isn't that wonderful? I watched the movie like that last night. He said, if you take away the scary soundtrack, you've got another Song of Bernadette. Make like, a <laughs> Passion of the Christ.
3: <laughs> well, except that Bernadette doesn't murder anybody. <laughs>
0: But does she, does she murder someone or does she fight the devil and win?
3: Hmm. It's an interesting pos, postulate, postulation. It's a, it's a theory. It's an interesting theory. <laughs> yeah.
0: Honey, it's noon on a Sunday. Don't be whipping out those big words if we're
3: <laughs> ready for the guest. <laughs> it's, um, yeah, I mean, I've certainly watched movies where I had greater suspension of disbelief and believed in more... Uh, you know, transcendental, supernatural things than, than that uh, I think it's just it, It's partly the soundtrack That leads you away from that Just like everything's ominous, 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 ominous Dread, 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 dread It's just, if it is And this will come as a big surprise to no one who knows me But if this is a, something that's God talking to her God's a cruel, cruel bastard <laughs> This poor girl yeah. What she's been through, how isolated she is, how lonely she is. She's just desperate to belong and to have connection with somebody and then at the end she's supposed to battle the devil and then go to heaven and it's it seems it seems like a you know, it's a it's an abusive relationship well, with God here. No, if that's no. what it
1: is. Oh, I'm just gonna say I agree with Nicole. It's like I uh, just seeing her, I, I kind of feel like her relationship with God is her like sort of giving herself permission to have sexuality in a way, like when she's like sitting there, like she follows through and listens to what he says, and it's really, I always sort of envisioned it's her giving herself permission and giving herself a mm-hmm. a way to be something that she's so not in real life, which is meek and unnoticeable. No one notices her, like, in that bar scene where she's trying to interact with the table next to her and laughing, it's like the people don't even really acknowledge Maude. So she's, to me, in a way, invented a, herself a way to be acknowledged by something much greater than other humans.
0: Yes, I agree with that to a point. but uh, we're, we're getting kind of deep into the plot without, without helping people through, <laughs> but um, I, would, I would agree with that to a point. Just cause, but we've learned that she used to be a party yeah. girl. She yes. used to be able to connect with people. Now all of a sudden she can't. And this is pandemic me talking. That whole scene in the bar going, that's me now. <laughs> that's me. Because I've tried to socialize and usually I'm okay for 10 minutes and then I freak out and I have to leave. Like, There's too many people. I can't. I can't. I can't. Mm-hmm. Right. Or this is how this is how people do, right? This is how people man. do. Everything's funny. Ha ha ha, ha ha ha. I'm not freaking out. Everything's fine. Ha ha ha. ha. So I, I felt her there. I felt her there. Yeah. Okay. Let's just talk about something. Like, uh, um, director of the film Rose Glass, first full-length feature film, knocking it out of the park.
3: Yeah, that's pretty impressive. She's really very clear on what she wanted, and I think she accomplished what she set out to do.
0: Yes, very much so. Um, w- one of the things that Nicole, you, you use the word that I have underlined seven times from the first frame of the film to the last frame of the film. This is imposing sense of dread. Yeah. And you don't know where it's coming from. You just know nothing good is going to happen to anybody.
3: Well, like the first, the opening three minutes of the movie is like a Japanese horror film. <laughs> she's sitting in a corner. She's shivering. There's a cockroach involved. There's like somebody who's dead. And there's this long, drippy hair. And it's just like, did she climb out of a well? Did she climb out of the TV? <laughs>
0: <laughs> in the in the in the world's darkest, filthiest, dankest hospital room, as well, and like what yeah. surgical room is this? Like what what you know, back alley basement? Are you in, girl? Uh, yeah, it's an yeah. imposing sense of dread that just gets worse and worse and worse and worse, and I love it. Basically, what we have here there there are a lot of characters. Most of them just kind of dance in and dance out. They leave the mark, but we have basically a spiritual chess match mm-hmm. going on between two characters, Maud and Amanda. And both of these actors are amazing in different ways. Um, mm-hmm. Morphid Clark plays um, uh, Maud.
3: Welsh, you know. the double D. It's Morphith.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Ds are uh, Welsh. <laughs> <laughs> I know.
3: They got 27 consonants in a row, and it's spelled thth. Th. Yeah,
0: <laughs> my apologies, my Welsh listeners. Thank thank you for the correction. Yes. Uh, yeah, I, I love her on like, – this, this role could have been played crazy, and it's wonderfully understated mm. and controlled, which makes her frightening. On the flip side, Jennifer Earl uh, – uh, sorry, Jennifer Ale. Ely. Um,
3: sorry, I, I looked them all up before we started. I did too, and I forgot, <laughs> so thank right. you. It, it's,
0: I'm out of practice. Jennifer Ely as Amanda. Magnetic.
3: Yeah, yeah looking, this, like, looking like Meryl in a turban.
0: I wrote Meryl. She's giving me Meryl. She's giving me Sigourney. And as they say repeatedly through the script, she's serving Norma Desmond realness too. So of course the Mm. gay is like, ah, we love her. (laughs) She's giving me me all my icons in one person. (laughs) What I love about her is that she's this dying woman with stage four lymphatic cancer of the spine. Oof. And she's, she's also isolated, but yet she's still connecting. She's still yearning for these connections, and she still has joy. She has joie de vivre, even though she's on her deathbed. And it's such a stark opposite of Maude. Go,
3: yeah, she's just boozing a lot and smoking absolutely nonstop. I think she lights a cigarette in every scene that she's in. It's like, why stop now? You know, exactly, you know stage, stage four, four. lymphatic yeah. cancer. Yeah. Why not?
0: And she's lost yes. everything. Like She used to be a dancer. And I mean, to have your body turn against you like that when your body was your was your art and your life and the body is your stage, as her book was called, and mm. have that taken away from her. And yet she's still hanging on there and wants to love and laugh. And, and oh, did I just say live, laugh, love? I really did. I just really <laughs> <laughs> I,
1: I mean, uh, for a woman who's like on her deathbed, she oozes coolness. So like, you know, I think that like triggers mod in a way she just wants to know her and be close to that coolness even though she despises it it's it's this interesting tension because she can save her from that
0: <laughs> you don't need anyone else you just need me and him that's Maude, all you that's need right. we just need each other so i'm gonna start cutting people out of your life mm-hmm. like a, again abusive relationship
3: Right. Even though she doesn't have much patience for creative types, somehow she's still drawn
1: (laughs) Yes, yes. I loved that whole line about, you know, not having any patience for creative types was so amazing.
2: Amanda Cull, 49 years old, stage four lymphoma of the spinal cord. I dare say you'll be seeing this one soon. I looked her up before I came here. Dancer, choreographer, minor celebrity. As you know, I have little time for creative types as they tend to be rather self-involved. Yeah, no. these sort
3: of prayers that are like diary entries for her it's, are yeah. such a great device for, you know, telling us how she's she's trying to be pious, but really she's mostly contemptuous because mm-hmm. she's left that behind. She's managed to get closer to God. Mm-hmm. But these people don't know what they're what they're missing or what they're doing. And maybe she can save them. Yeah. Maybe that's her purpose.
1: So. <laughs> Just makes me think of misery while you were saying that. Just like this clear vision of mm-hmm. being obsessed with helping or doing the right thing for someone else that may not be true. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, that was. Oh, saw this in an Article about the direct the writer director Rose Glass. Um, Yes, she said we all live in the same world, but we're kind of trapped in these weird fleshy bodies, and we all experience reality so subjectively. I was really interested in that divide. Hmm. So everybody's reality is kind of different. You know, you get people get like this can get this sort of solipsistic universe mindset where it's like my. You can actually get in the belief that you know the world is all your creation; it's all part of your mind, and if you're not paying attention to it, it goes away, kind of thing. But everybody's got it to, I think, a small degree, because we're all we're all stuck. We're stuck. We're stuck driving these you know meat vehicles around and can't really connect mind to mind directly, and so that's always a challenge that Night. needs to be overcome. <laughs> And let's all h- hold hands and sing Kumbaya. And-
0: <laughs> yeah, but even then, you might be holding hands and singing Kumbaya with someone who's thinking like that you're, you're, you're an asshole.
3: <laughs> yes, exactly. Ex- absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm.
0: I love everyone in this circle, but you. <laughs> <laughs> You'll never That's know. Right. You'll never know. Interesting take on that. What do we think about the cockroach that keeps coming back at key <sighs> moments? I was not sure.
3: All I kept thinking was like, wow, European cockroaches are like so much nicer looking than American ones. Ours are more much more aggressive and nasty looking.
0: Yeah. But the steering wheel is on the other side on the, on the, on the European cockroaches. It's very confusing. You know what I mean?
3: Yeah. You ever tried to drive a stick shift left handed? Oh, man.
0: Um, actually, I just wanted to back up. Do we ever know specifically what, what mysterious thing happened at the hospital at the beginning? Do we know? Yeah.
3: Yes, I think so. I think so. Um, I keep
0: thinking I know and then they'll throw in a little detail of going, maybe I don't know.
3: Well, CPR is really pretty violent overall and it's not uncommon for people to break ribs doing it um because you have to you have to press that hard to get the heart to pump underneath the breastbone. Mm-hmm. Um, but if m- my theory is that, you know, if the patient is really old maybe she has osteoporosis you know and she goes to do cpr with as much strength as she normally would she might have broken like all the ribs at once i know there's an injury that sometimes happens in car crashes where a person's chest hits the steering wheel and all the ribs break around the edges so that the breastbone sort of floating
0: that's what i got but then there's a character who used to work with her at this hospital named Joy, who keeps dancing in and out, who says something we should have known before. We should have seen that you were in trouble before that happened. So, yeah. So it sounded like there was more to it than just that accident. Right. Like she did CPR right. on someone who didn't need it and then killed him or something weird like that. Oh. Oh, that's a know. thought. I love the setting of this, too. I love that it's this tourist town in the off-season.
3: Yeah. And it's just... Yeah, I was... <laughs> I was confused about where they were at first because there's this big arcade called Coney Island. Yeah. And I was just like, wait a minute. That's definitely not New York. That's not no. New Jersey. What is that?
0: I thought that since I knew this, this film had Irish funding, that uh, it reminds me of where a lot of my relatives in Ireland are from, this place called Salt Hill, which is a uh, beachside community, which is all, has this one strip that's all ritzy glitzy but also seedy as shit. Like. <laughs> <laughs> And once you get like you get a couple blocks past that, and then the mountains and farms, and then the farms of these mini mansions. And I said, this could be Salt Hill. So it's like, but it's not. It's a a similar community in Wales. And since we're here, the spoil that was given is that Maude sets herself on fire at the end. And when I watched the first time, I said, that's really it. Didn't doesn't matter because the movie tells you repeatedly what's going to happen. I mean, even some of the artwork for the poster tells you that's going to happen, but repeatedly, from the almost beginning of the movie, there's always images of boiling, uh, boiling blood, simmering, steam, fire, and that ever-present lighter that she has, she's always got that lighter, yet she conspicuously does not smoke.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, all the William Blake artwork showing all the flames, too, when she's going through the book, it's just – it's pointing all directions that she's going to do something like that, so – it wasn't much of
3: a question. If you're already mentally unwell, William Blake is not the artist to go study.
1: <laughs>
0: if you're mentally unwell, or perhaps you're touched by God. Who knows? Because as William Blake said, hold on. Uh-huh. Organized religion is an ugly distortion of the true spiritual life. Maybe Maud's got it right and we've all got it wrong. <laughs> this is the heart of the movie because I have relatives who, are, who, are, I, who I'm not allowed to talk about anymore on the show because they've threatened to sue me. I've got relatives <laughs> that are that kind of crazy Catholic that they use it as a weapon. Oh, and as a control Yeah. Uh-huh. So it's like, I can, I can, see, I can see this particular relative going one step further and setting her family on fire. I can see that happening. I mean, this family member that I made up in my head who doesn't really exist. <laughs> Allegedly. Not actually family. <laughs> I, I, think, I think Casey just brought something up. I, I forget exactly what you just said, but one of the visual, visual things that I like because there's, there's so much visual information that we're given. There are you know, nonverbal stuff. Their bedrooms in the mansion this little mini mansion. They have chevrons on the wall. I like that. And this might this might just be me. Maude's bedroom has chevrons that are pointing up and pointing down. It's like she's at this crossroads. Which way you're going, Maude? Are you going up or are you going down? <laughs> Whereas Amanda's points straight down. <laughs> <laughs> she's on the express elevator to hell, and she don't care. She's having a good time. Yeah. I liked it. Talk to me about Maude and pain. She talks about pain a lot. What is her take on pain? Oh, (laughs) it's icky. (laughs) It is icky. She has an uh, interaction with a beggar at one point who asks for money. She gives him money and she says to him, may God bless you and never waste your pain. Oh,
2: yeah.
0: (laughs) Never waste your pain is a recurring theme with her. She says it a lot.
3: Yeah. It's like she thinks it's payment for being accepted by
0: God my 17 years of Catholic school will tell you that is currency. That is valuable currency. That is always... Offer up your pain. Offer up that suffering. Offer it up. Offer it up to God. It's good.
1: <laughs> what? Well, I mean, I think, like, what is the reason for pain? You know, I think in her mind, like, the reason for pain is to get closer to God, because otherwise, I mean, I think religion does try to explain those things, right? Like, religion is uh, sort of a thing that people lean on to explain. The unexplainable or why people go through pain, so... What
0: I remember being taught by Sister Ruth Ann, I keep bringing her up, she's, she's the nightmare <laughs> nun from first grade. The whole thing was that it was valuable currency when you have it with suffering pain, you offer it up to God and He will relieve someone else's suffering. You can, you can wait, what make their suffering less? Uh, I'm offering up my suffering so that person suffers less. It's so always offered it up to Jesus who's suffering on the crosses. Less. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? <laughs>
3: Yeah, I'm a recovering Catholic myself, and part of what's upsetting about the Catholic Church is that the suffering seems to be transactional. You know, everything's transactional, really. You know, you've sinned, oh, you say, you know, 15 prayers and your sin will be forgiven. Yeah. So go work for three hours at the uh, soup kitchen and we'll... Actually, they don't usually do that. It's always prayers, but, you know, do 17 <laughs> Stations of the Cross if you've really screwed up.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and you got a couple of days. <laughs> to right. Else you do.
3: But yeah, and I mean, it's, oh, I did, it, But there's yeah, the relationship to pain, it's like she hurts herself several times and continues. Like she burns herself once, but continues making herself suffer with it by picking at it. And we get to see her close-up and personal picking at it.
0: That scene made me wretch. <laughs> She's painting the scabs <laughs> on her wrist. Oh, God. Loving close-up of it. No, no, no. Oh,
3: yeah. I hate that. Yeah. And then, <laughs> of course, there's the shoes. It's right after she gets fired for slapping
1: her client. <laughs> <laughs> so just a simple transaction, then. <laughs>
0: right. Right. It's, it's a simple transaction, but...
1: Catholics love that
0: shit too. I mean, we do. I mean, I I oh, went yeah. to Catholic. I've, I've got the scars on my knuckles. I remember having to like kneel on rocks and hold Bibles in my hand for an hour. You know, not put my arms down. That kind of we love this shit. <laughs> we love this shit. So walking a mile and so with 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 nails in your shoes, piercing your feet—that seems totally normal. It seems like a totally normal Catholic thing to do.
3: <laughs> I love how they put in the squish sound when she
0: walks. Oh. I also love that there's, she does it in Chuck e. Tees. Yes, she's wearing Chuck Chuck Taylor sneakers to do that because those those shoes I love the look of them but they have no arch support or heel support or anything so it's always agony exactly. to walk in them from more than a they're mile they're totally away. flat <laughs> inside totally flat inside except now you put some nails in it because Jesus <laughs> well it's funny so when Jesus never comes up it's always God which is granted same person right. whatever I'm not going to get into that stuff um, well, let's talk about the sexuality of Maud's ecstasy and her rapture mm. Mm-mm. Because as, as Casey as Casey, lovingly gushed in one of her notes, she's
1: like, this movie's so homoerotic, and it is. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> she has a crush so hard on Amanda. She wants her approval. She wants Amanda to think she's, like, something special. I, I mean, and the sexuality between Amanda and the people who come over to her house, like, bothers Mott on a deep level. And it really connected with me, because I remember... When I was growing up, young and queer, I just had these crushes on friends that were just a little bit too intense. Yeah, uh, and uh, like, and I was shy and quiet, much like Maude, except without the religious thing, right? Mm. So seeing her like tension—I mean, Amanda was like awakening something in her she didn't want to really see, but she somewhat enjoyed it in my mind. Oh yeah, sort of living through Amanda in a way. Oh
0: yeah, I mean, because there's a scene where she's. Spying on Amanda through the crack in the door when she's when she's got when Amanda's girlfriend is over, Carol. Mm -hmm. And they're not having sex per se, but they're they're just they're having erotic moments. Otherwise, it's a very sexy moment. And she stands there for way too long, and Amanda sees her and is looking her dead in the eye, and she doesn't go. So she's (laughs) drinking in everything that she's seeing. She's not she's not running away. She's not bursting in saying, Stop it.
1: Hmm. Yeah, because she's Totally paralyzed with that because it's it's uh, to me she's just wanting to be part of it and also disgusted by it. I feel like she's kind of frozen in that scene.
0: And this palliative of care that she's doing is also extremely intimate. You know, she's bathing Amanda. She's doing all these exercises with Amanda, which you know, record, always touching her body and having to massage her and do stretches. So this is a very intimate relationship. And then she just wants to cut everybody else up. And maybe not of sex, it's not really necessarily sexual, it's just Cause she don't go that way anymore. She just mm-hmm. <laughs> I need you to be my it, world. I need you, I need you to need me to be your world. Right. You don't need anybody else.
1: How infuriating it must be for Amanda to be so independent and like need her, but not need her in any way that Maude feels like she should.
0: <laughs> <sighs> yeah, yeah. Her description of how she they have the discussions that when when uh Amanda asks, I says, when you pray, do you actually hear him? Does he answer? And she says, no.
2: When you pray, do you get a response? Sometimes he talks.
0: You hear his voice.
2: Most of the time, it, it's just like he's physically in me or around me, it's how he guides me. Like when he's pleased, it's like a, a shiver, or sometimes it's like a, a pulsing, and it's all warm and good, and he's just there.
0: It's more like I feel him in me or around me, it's like a shiver or a pulsing. I'm mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
3: Pulsing, mm-hmm. you say. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> so you're having these spontaneous orgasms all over the place. Okay, uh-huh. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it's I not mean, you sexual. you got to pay
3: extra to have the pulsing setting on your vibrator so I can see you. <laughs> <Why>? Yeah.
0: <laughs> it's true. Why should it's be tr-
3: enjoying it?
0: <laughs>
3: so, but yeah, that's the... I, I saw a few, um, like, reviews or interviews that refer to them as godgasms <laughs> that she's having. That's And I mean, it really looks like that, you know, you look at old paintings of the Catholic martyrs and saints, and they've often got this expression on their face that's supposed to be like transcendence and closeness to God, but also can look like, wow, they look like they're kind of having a good time getting roasted or poked by arrows or, you know.
0: yeah the O face yeah
2: Mm -hmm.
3: (laughs) but uh, that's she makes some but at the end of them though she ends up her face gets really distorted and it is disturbing
0: amanda do you mean
3: no uh maude after she has these when she's having these these godgasms you know, at the end, her face like stretches. Screaming. Yes. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. It it definitely doesn't look pleasurable. It looks past pleasure, it's like, right? It's, yeah. <laughs> more like shock. <laughs> um, did you notice their scars? Yes. Yes. I I mean, I got Amanda's. Amanda's got a big. You see, it when they're bathing, she's got a big scar on her spine. Was I right? Did Did Maud have stretch marks on her stomach? It certainly.
3: Uh possible i thought it it could either be stretch marks can look that dark and that reddish but i thought it also might be that she used to self-harm
0: yeah i couldn't tell and i think i like i like the uh, uh, is is there a baby involved in this somewhere was there a baby did we have an abortion at some point was she pregnant was she not pregnant or is she just clawing at herself maybe uh, during these godgasms who knows yeah.
1: I thought it was self-harm in the past, possibly, because it definitely looked like scratches all over the stomach, but that's a yeah. good point. I didn't even think about it at that angle. Yeah,
0: because we know she yeah. used to be a goer.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's true.
0: That's true. There's, there's um, a scene. Uh, they met the, okay, I want to talk about the birthday party scene because the whole scene is delicious. <laughs> there's so <laughs> much going on in this scene. Okay, first of all, we have, we're interested in this character. Who's Carol? She's
3: a friend slash possibly a sex worker slash you know I I get the feeling more that she was a close friend that Amanda gives money to just because she might need it. She's like, oh, you need help with the rent this month? Let me give you some money, kind of thing.
0: And we boink every now and then, right? Yeah, yeah, that's what I got. She's a friend with benefit. That's right guy as well. Um, who, of course, Maud immediately takes dislike to. I wanted more of Carol, but Carol is there for this big birthday party where everything comes to a head. And like we said, this whole movie has been about Maud trying to become the only force in Amanda's life. She's already confronted Carol and said, you need to go. You need to make an excuse and not be around her anymore. This woman is dying. She needs to concentrate on dying. She doesn't be distracted by your happiness. <laughs> You're stringing her along. With his happiness, she needs to be concentrated on God right now.
2: I want you to stop seeing Amanda. Huh? Just leave her alone. Does she tell you to go after no, me? No, I'm telling you. It's an important time for her right now. She's got big things to deal with and she needs to be focused. And I just don't think you can fit into that anymore. I don't know what you're talking about, but I'm pretty sure your patient sex life's none of your business. I know she's giving you money. <laughs> Again, none of your fucking business. I'm trying to be respectful. I didn't swear at you or anything. I just... I just don't think it's a good idea. Please, respectful. If you don't like this, she fucks women. That's your problem. Listen, Carol, you could have an eight-inch cock for all I care, and I'd still be telling you this after the way you looked at her last night. Whoa! What? What was that, by the way? Do you think you're too good for her? Do you think it's just a joke? Of course not. Amanda is dying. I have a responsibility to look after her. This is life. And death. It's spiritual. On another level. Oh, know no hard feelings. I'm sure you're great in bed. But really, you're just a waste of time at the moment. Can you hear yourself? Maud, you're her nurse. She doesn't want you to see it, but she is vulnerable right now. And it is not right that she spends her last days getting worked up about a silly girl who doesn't care about her. I care about her. Not enough.
0: And so Carol fucks off for a while, but it shows up for this birthday party. And everything Maude has been working for is immediately reversed. Like she is com- uh, pushed to the shadows, literally. All of a sudden, she's a servant for everybody at the party. My favorite thing that happens is she's got, she's got the lighter out, this famous lighter that never gets used for cigarettes. And she's lighting the candles on the birthday cake. And see, she's about to pick it up to bring it in to Amanda. And this, this wonderful bulldog lesbian comes and just swoops it away. <laughs>
1: <laughs> like, you get nothing on
0: it. You're a servant. You're not part of this world. You don't like us, remember?
1: I felt bad for Maude during this scene because everybody was completely humiliating her the entire time.
0: Oh, yeah. yeah. Including it goes Amanda. too far. Amanda yeah. goes too far? Yeah, because Amanda Amanda is well aware of what's been going on. She Amanda has been playing along.
2: Maude doesn't like Carol. It's funny. I can't figure out if she's a bigot or if she's just jealous.
1: You know she went sneaking behind my back to try to scare
3: Carol
2: away, (laughs) to save my soul. If I understand correctly. (laughs) Excuse me. Don't run away. I'm talking to you,
0: Maud. But this whole okay, you're my little savior. (laughs) Maud doesn't like Carol.
2: Funny, I can't figure out if she's a bigot or if she's just jealous.
0: You know, she went
1: sneaking behind my back to try to scare Carol away.
2: <laughs> to save my soul, if I understand correctly. <laughs> Excuse me. Don't run away. I'm talking to you.
0: Maud. You want to save me? Okay, I'll play along. Cute. And she tells about the godgasm. She's like, oh, I'm feeling them too. Oh, oh. We know she's faking. You can see her in her face that she's faking. But she's just playing along, and Maud's buying into it, and she's... And thinks everything's great, and in this scene, she confesses, oh, by the way.
2: Maud is my savior, you see. She's been looking out for me in more ways than mine. But you got a little carried away, didn't you? So what is it? I never... Am I indecent? No, you're lost. She was not decent. <laughs> <laughs> I swear, and
0: my she mocks her for trying to save her like you're not gonna save me, nobody can save me, and her friends make it make it turn into this carry situation, oh let's dress her up a little say let's give her a little habit <laughs> and a little, little ribbon on the oh oh my little mom and melts a mo binds a beltner in her and the chops,
3: well, especially yeah she she starts in on. You know god's warm pulsing throbbing
2: oh Oh, you know you shouldn't do anything i say seriously i just want to see you loosen up you're a beautiful young woman and you should have some fun while you still can i've got more important things on my mind oh yes of course well how could mere human frivolity possibly compete with the heavenly father's warm heart pulsing (laughs)
0: Right? how could mere human frivolity ever compare with the warm, hard, pulsing love of whack? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, uh, before this, I liked that Maude, I didn't really occur to me when Maude was like, hey, maybe we should go out to the theater sometime. I don't know what we should see. I don't know what's out there, but I'm sure you could write back on something. Like, you just asked her on a date.
2: You know, I've been thinking it might be nice to go out sometime to the theater or something. And I'd have no clue what to see, but I'm sure you could suggest something. And maybe after I leave. I want to go to bed. And it's five o'clock. I will go to bed
0: when I damn well like. You just asked your patient on a date.
3: <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no, well. no. She's taking care of Amanda, she's making sure that Amanda's happy. Couldn't possibly be, you know completely violating professional boundaries in any way.
0: No, not at all. Not at all. If you see perverted lesbianism, then it's your sickness, not hers. Okay.
3: <laughs> You're projecting projecting your sickness onto it.
0: Okay, go peep through a, but... a few more door cracks. Come back to me. Okay.
3: Yeah. She claims to not be bigoted.
0: Just against creatives. Yeah. Like... <laughs> 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 We're awful people. We need attention all the time. <laughs> <laughs> ask any wait ask any waitress who served a cast of musical theater people at, after a high school show when the whole cast shows up and like sings the whole score the whole time they're there and then the buys nothing but soda and french fries. <laughs> <laughs> can we get can, can you can we get 37 separate checks, please? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking creative. <laughs> but this triggers the um what always happens in this biblical movie, the moment of doubt, the big test where Ma doubts God and the road that she's been on, and she go, tries to go back to her normal life or her old life, I should say, and she dresses up in that, in that, 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 that tardy little gold number and goes to the, the pub, and <sighs> uh, this scene, again, every moment of it is awful. It's awful, but wonderful. <laughs> wonderful. She's like an alien. She can't fit in. She can't yeah. connect.
3: I was starting to wonder, you know, was she like this before what happened to her previous patient? Was she was she this awkward or did she somehow just become so detached from her social skills or by either the trauma or by how she's been trying to change her life or just from not having any friends and being isolated for so long? What's What's happened if she used to be a party girl. Why is she failing so hard at it now?
0: Well, her heart's not in it anymore for darn sure, but she's changed. She's not the same person. I, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. But whatever it is, she she cannot connect. I mean that awful ha- awful hand job. Oh God. Ugh. Oh God. The, oh. the whole thing is gross. Gross. She picks up some guy and does gives him a hand job in this awful alley. Oh like this dirty bathroom. No, I was, not
1: ugh. even in the alley. It's just like the back was... corner of the bar by the back door. <laughs> He's like, this is
0: not what I signed up for. That was not fun. <laughs> no, like oh, clinical. When she's done, she's just like
3: <laughs> flicks her hand to get rid of her everything. hand. Like, oh, it's
0: awful. Like there's no, there's no. Yes, she, yes, she had sex with somebody, but there was no connection. And we keep talking about the scene where she's just she goes back to the table. Oh, <laughs> we don't see her wash her hands either. Didn't we never see that happen? <laughs> oh. <laughs> And she's just trying to, she's trying to fit in. There's this group pe- people next to her, and they're laughing and have a wonderful time. And she's trying to do that eavesdropping thing. And
2: just, ah! Ah, ah!
0: I am also a human being. Ha. Ah, I am not from outer space at all. Ha ah.
3: Please invite me to your table, even though you don't know me.
0: I mentioned the dread in this movie, and this is one of the, This is when it was really kicking it. Every single person that Maud comes into contact with the whole movie, I'm going, mm-mm, mm-mm. Mm-mm. mm <laughs> I drew uh, I in um when when you were last time to talk about Swallow, I kept saying there's a sense of dread. I was so worried about our main character, the whole film, where we were gonna go with her. It was like that, but for everybody else that she came in contact with, every person I'm going like Joy, 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 get out. Just get out, Run. get out, <laughs> stop talking to this woman, that other nurse even though nothing happens with any of them. That sense of dread is wonderful. And it's even better that nothing happens, that there's no payoff. It's just that it just keeps building. But, yes, yeah, she, she ran into – at some point in the film, she ran into this woman she used to work with at the old hospital, Joy. Who called what's – what's her, what's her actual name? It's not Katie. Maude. Katie. Katie. Yeah. yeah. And, of course, my Catholic school said, ah, yes, the famous name change that often happens with saints when they have a conversion. Mm-hmm. The Saul Paul thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. This tracks – it's not that she's trying to forget what happened. She's like, I, I'm a different person now. I'm mod But this word recognizes, just like, hey, I mean, we kind of sort of be friends, and we should hang out, and mods just...
2: So, how's it going? You taking care of yourself? Yeah. We all thought you must have left town or something. Not seeing you out and about anymore. I've been around. Oh, yeah? What are you up to? I'm a private carer. You're still nursing? What? Nothing. You're surprised, I mean... Sorry, why are you doing it? Who
0: is A private agency. And they know what happened. Yes. It's like, yeah, okay, sure.
3: Well, Joy's trying to expunge her guilt, I think, for not having supported Maude when she needed it.
0: hmm hmm And Maude's just like, you're from before you don't exist. Until she's alone at the bar and it's, nothing has worked. She, has, she didn't connect with that guy. She didn't connect with the table next. Nice. She's like, I'm gonna call Joy from the bathroom. And that doesn't go well either. Joy's tired, not available.
2: Yeah, well, I, I was just wondering if you want to um, go for that drink. You know, have that chat and then just hang out. like to, to chat. Cool. Great. That was great. Well, you know, if I'm honest with you, I did think it was kind of weird when I saw you and you suggested it just because it seemed to like me that <laughs> much. No, 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 I, I didn't. I didn't
1: don't be like that. <laughs> yeah, of course. In that case, um, my apologies. I'm I pretty so uh, Bye. That's sad, but I kind of pictured this was Katie calling Joy. Like she'd sort of backslid to her old self for a minute because when she does make contact again, she's full on mod.
0: <laughs> so she keeps trying and trying to connect, and trying to get, she goes back to her apartment and she has that moment of like why
2: quite frankly it all just seems such a waste I was ready and open and alive and this is my reward unemployable unoccupied perhaps you weren't as wise as I thought perhaps I wasn't paying enough attention Can't help fear of an act of spite has occurred if this was how you treat your most loyal subjects I shudder to think what awaits those who
0: shun you
3: first she she bumps into the the big guy with his beer
0: oh god yes, see I blocked that, that out see I blocked that out yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, I forgot how this scene culminates. She picks up the big guy with the beer. And the,
3: don't forget the beer tornadoes that happened before that.
1: All the spirals and everything, right? Like, there's, like, that's a that's a theme in the movie that I mm-hmm. was curious what you guys thought of, too. It's like...
0: Yeah, come back to that. Yeah. I have a note of that because it's an overarching thing. Um, yeah, everyone. These, these whirlpools keep appearing in the beers. And, yeah, she's pumping, she's... She, winds up having sex with this guy and it's absolutely, it, it's dreadful before anything happens. Yes. <laughs> it's awful to watch. It's just clinical and just gross and gr- horrible. Yeah, she's
3: on top of him, but she won't let him touch her. <laughs>
0: yeah. I'm like, it's all about you, girl. Get it. That, at that point, I'm like, you get it. Fuck him. Yeah, literally. Fuck him. Get out of there. Get, get what you need and go. But yeah, she, she's on top of him and she's leaning on his chest and her hands just go right through. Oh. <laughs> just completely crushes his chest. But it didn't really happen. It's some flashback to what happened in the hotel room. (laughs) And she's like, forget it, I'm done. But he's not, and it's awful. He's like, hold on, I just got to (laughs) finish. Men, we're the worst. We're the worst. (laughs) But when they're done, he recognizes her. He's like, I know you. I remember you. Not until after
3: they're done, mind you.
0: (laughs) Yeah.
2: I remember you, you know. You used to be out all the time. While well back, I think you and my mate Tommy had it off. Uh, I remember you. A lovely, lovely little nursie, hey?
3: Or <laughs> after he's done assaulting her, technically, because uh, yeah, he said, she, she said says no. no. <laughs> yeah. And he keeps going. And rather than, you know, he's three times her size, so she's yeah. not going to fight too hard. She's no. just gonna let him finish and get out of there.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and he recognizes her. Yeah, I know you. I remember you. You used to be out all the time. You did it with my friend Tommy. <sighs> the naughty little nurse. <sighs> and she goes back to her apartment completely distraught distraught. Forlorn. Yeah. Abandoned. She said, I don't know what I'm supposed to do now. It's like I, I, I failed here. I tried to go back to my old life. I failed here. What am I supposed to do?
2: I did everything. Everything. I changed, didn't I? I thought I did what you told me to do, didn't I? Oh, please. Please don't let me fall. I'm begging you. I'll do anything.
0: I loved all of the since We brought this. This is a good time to go back to the spirals. There's a lot of omens importance in this, <laughs> and I love this scene because all of a sudden she's having she's convulsions that almost like um, it looks like a seizure. Thank you. I was going to say it looks it like does. epilepsy to me. But she vomits everywhere. She's vomiting everywhere and she's in horrible racking pain. And all the time, all of a sudden, <laughs> the sky is just filled with fireworks outside of her outside of her building. And. I'm going, it's the off-season. Why are there fireworks right now? But I said the Bible is full of this shit. It's full of importance in the sky. And things like the, I don't know how, like, like the, the, the crucifixion at the moment that Christ died. The sky split in twain. What does that mean? What does that mean? But I'm saying, okay, fine. There's, there's your omen right there. The sky's on fire. God, this is how God's showing himself. He's showing himself as the cockroach. Why not? He's been a bush. <laughs> He's always crazy <laughs> right. things. Why can't he be a cockroach? It's a very resilient little it's a very resilient little uh, creature there. Then and she winds up levitating. Ah, uh, it's so God takes her in his arms. It's
3: so <laughs> weirdly beautiful. It's a weirdly mm-hmm. beautiful moment in the middle of this dread filled film. Mhm. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's weird to feel a sense of release when you're watching that one, even though you know it can't be good, right? But there is something just beautiful about that scene.
3: Yeah, and her pose kind of mirrors that uh, part of the dance that Amanda had choreographed where she's, you know, bent over backwards with her head thrown back and her hair hanging down.
0: Yeah.
3: Oh,
1: that's so good. I hadn't thought about that.
3: that.
0: Yeah, And, and of course, Pieta kind of look as Mm. well. And that, that's it. This seals the deal. That, we, 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 the, the, the old has been purged. That's what that was. That's the, the last of that poison coming out. If you turn your back on it, we're going to take it out of you. It's going to hurt, but I got you, baby. No orgasms tonight. I just got you. <laughs> and now she's a woman on a mission. She doesn't even know what the mission is. She's like, how am I supposed to know? God even talks to her. I don't know. That doesn't happen here. At some point, God does actually show up and talk to her in Welsh. Near the end. <laughs> Very near the end. Uh, hold on. Oh, uh,
3: mm-hmm. that's
0: great. It's like this world is just a game. And you know that now. And you you're I'm so proud of how you're winning. You're
3: winning. <laughs> Oh uh, before yeah. God talks to her she she goes and chats up the new carer that Amanda has
0: uh, yeah. I oh, am yeah. So she goes Again, to I was
3: investigate
0: like, Run 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 <laughs> run, <laughs> run lady run put down that cupcake put throw it away run <laughs> <laughs>
1: the conversation is so awkward i just love how it turns whenever she gets what she wants out of the woman and then the woman litters and then maude just like walks away like i'm done with you okay. i've gotten my puzzle piece from my video game i'm moving on <laughs> be damned litter bug i'm leaving you
0: <laughs> yeah i forgot about her forgot about her
3: she's so jealous
0: mm-hmm. she's
3: so jealous
0: 'Cause mm-hmm.
3: the the new nurse just sort of rattles off. Oh, we have such a lovely close
0: <laughs> you know relationship. We're good pals. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're not. No, you're not. She doesn't need a pal. She needs
1: me. I'm her saint.
0: So now we're getting this this new mod. She's, she's 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 got this message we see her filling bottles of water. <laughs> wonderful glowing water and she's lining up all these props, making a new outfit. And but she's interrupted by Joy, and I'm so worried. This whole scene, like, my Joy, please get out. Oh God, yeah, you've been in the department for ten minutes, and you're the only one talking. Why do you not realize that's weird? Get
1: out, <laughs> get out. <laughs> How does she not notice how weird it's getting? Because, like, Maude is completely disassociated, almost like she doesn't even really know she's there. And she just keeps talking. You're like, I'm like, you're going to get murdered. Run. Run.
0: (laughs) I also love that she's converted her apartment to, like, a cell at this point. It's like a nun's cell because that's what they call a nun's room. It's called a cell. It's stripped of anything personal. It's just bed, functional things, religious crap.
3: Right. Has she literally burned all her clothes because i we saw her burning some clothes i thought it was just the like the outfit she had been wearing when she
0: I, we saw her burning party dress but i think she burned all the old stuff probably yeah i don't i don't know she burned shit yeah
3: because she's standing there in her underwear talking to joy which joy also doesn't think <laughs> seem to think is terribly
0: weird <laughs> <laughs>
3: that's true typically one makes an attempt to get dressed when someone comes over
0: <laughs> what makes an attempt to talk to the person who just came over? But you've been rattling on for some time now, and this woman has not said a word.
3: Yeah, Joy's not really very, you know, perceptive.
0: <laughs> and I don't know what she said, but whatever Joy said, something that saved her own life. Because I think that like, she could have killed Joy at some point. Like she's got it's something on her mod's brain. She's like, I'm going to have to do something about this woman. But uh, Joy says something that saves her life. I've
2: been feeling really bad about the way I reacted last time I saw you. I'm sure you're doing a great job. You always did. I know you put a lot of pressure on yourself. What happened before? It wasn't your fault. I know that. You do too, right?
0: So all of a sudden, Ma just says, God bless you, Joy. Thank you. (laughs) Everything's gonna be okay now. I know what I'm supposed to do.
2: May the Lord bless and keep you, Joy. You are. It was sweet of you to come, but you mustn't worry. You're right. Back then, I was so lost, but now I am transformed, and soon everyone will see.
3: Yeah, God's uh, God's God's told me what I need to do. You shoot now.
1: And she
0: dresses up in her little sane outfit that she made out of her blankets. And what I love here is when you see her leave the house, she's walking down the hill towards the ocean, and in front of her is this impossibly large moon. It's tremendous. It's swallowing her. It's just more portents and omens in the sky, and I love it. It's a gorgeous shot. And she goes to visit Amanda for the last time. Loved all this, too. (laughs) Amanda is not long for this world. She's on her death, that she got a little oxygen thing on.
3: Not terribly alarmed. She doesn't seem to be when Maud comes in. Maybe because she's so close to the end. She's like, uh, oh, at least this is interesting.
0: And she, <laughs> and she gets a chance to apologize.
2: I'm so sorry. I was unkind to you.
1: You made me think of things I didn't want to. I thought that was a beautiful moment. It was, like, so sincere. Like, and we don't see Amanda be sincere very often in the movie, and it was very touching, I thought, well, no, of course, yeah. we move on to other things. But
0: And, of course, Maude forgives her. It's okay, and I'm here for you. This is the moment. This is what, this is what palliative care is all about. We hear this several times, that, that you're the person that you're going to be there when that person passes. Amanda has that question. like, oh, what's it going to be like? Who am I going to be with? What is the last thing I'm going to see? And the answer to all the other thing is Maude, 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 Maude. <laughs> <laughs> and in a normal palliative care situation, that's normal, but there's nothing normal going on. And she's trying to bless Amanda. She's got, she's blessed her own water from the tap and she's trying to put it on Amanda. Amanda's having none of it. Amanda is smacking Maud's hand away and she delivers the line, which sums up the whole movie beautifully.
2: You must be the loneliest girl I've ever
0: seen. And eventually she says, listen, I was playing along the whole time. Okay. I did not feel him.
2: I am not alone. And neither are you nap out of it honey he isn't real you must know that no you felt him too remember we both did no honey I didn't that's not You have no
0: idea how dull it is to be dying. But Amanda's not done yet. Oh, no, no. She's got one more poison arrow to shoot at poor Maud to break the last tiny bit of her faith.
2: I hate to be the one to break it to you, but it's just you and me here. Nothing you do matters.
0: And just for a split second, Maud doubts everything. You can see it in her face. Amanda sees it in her face, and Amanda goes in for the kill.
2: Literally. Well, that was easy.
0: And her face contorts and she's the fucking devil.
1: (laughs) Uh, I wasn't expecting that jump scare. I just, like, shot out of my couch watching that.
0: But she made she made Maud doubt for just that one second, and that was what whatever was in her wanted, and she contorts this devil thing, and it's not a long confrontation, but it's a great one. <laughs> <laughs> Take some responsibility for your actions. You came back here because you are alone. If you were a true believer, he would be enough. But it's clear now you're as weak as you are. Think. It's a great one, and Bond stabs the shit out of this poor woman. <sighs> uh, yeah. <laughs> and like yeah. I said, like I said, watching it last time I'm going. I could, I could see this in one of these old movies. This is, this is when Saint whoever fought the devil and won. Isn't it great? She was the devil <laughs> the whole time. She purged the devil from from Amanda. Good for her. Well done. So proud of her. Saved yeah. the world. And I know that she's leaving the building, and the way it's shot. It looks like she's floating yeah. out of the building. Like she doesn't—it doesn't look like she's walking. It looks like she's probably on wheel uh, rollers of some kind. But what, just Beatific, beatific. What happens? How does this move in?
3: Oh boy. <laughs> well, I thought at first she's she's got both acetone and hydrogen peroxide at her apartment, and you can actually make a very volatile, nasty explosive out of that. So I was waiting for her to like blow up Amanda's house or blow up the bar or the entire, you know, Coney Island arcade, something. You have you take, know, take, really take
0: down that. Sodom and Gomorrah. Yeah,
3: <laughs> right, right. I was expecting something a little, a little bigger and grander, but instead she just takes her giant jug of acetone to the beach. It's just, I mean, I know, really, I know it's not real. <laughs> I know and it's, sets I know yourself it's on not fire. Real. Yeah, pours it over her head, and you can hear the people in the background becoming alarmed. And telling her, "No, don't do that! Don't do that. you know?" But nobody's actually physically trying to stop her. They're all telling her not yeah. to do it, but nobody's nobody's taking hold of her to try to stop
0: her. Yeah, when when we cut from when we cut like to Maud's point of view, they're all frozen. Like yeah. it's a frozen camera shot until so the flames hit, ignite. And everybody drops to their knees as Maud burns, and with that beatific face that you were talking about earlier, Nicole. Wonderful. The wings—she's oh, got wings now—and then just for a split second, you see what's actually happening. You don't get the pre- pretty religious painting for a second; you just see burning flesh, screaming woman for just a split second. That's the end of the movie. But again, the sky—this is a spiral in the sky. The clouds are just swirling. It's—it's—and. You could, like I said, I watched the first time going, wow, you could know, take it that this woman's crazy. Look at this rapture. That, and this, it broke at that last moment for her to feel all that pain. Or you could say, ah, Ma St. Maud fought the devil and won. <laughs> and then when she, the fires of God consumed her, the entire world fell to its knees. Hooray for God. <laughs> Whatever that means. I love this movie. It's, it's dark as shit. But... So much to dig into. We've only been scratched the surface here.
2: Yeah,
3: yeah. We, I mean, we, God talks to her. She thinks like actually, she actually hears a voice talking to her, speaking to her in Welsh. though, so they have subtitles for it, thankfully, because I don't happen to speak Welsh. So
1: <laughs> apparently,
0: cockroaches do oddly. Yeah, you I know. They're all cockroaches speak Welsh. <laughs> <laughs>
3: That should be the title of, like, a children's book. I'll conquer speak. Um
0: <laughs> Okay, calling from some personal experience, most of my listeners know this. Maybe not this particular detail, but um, back in 2003, I was dying. I, I got a full AIDS diagnosis. Um, I spent three, mu- uh, six months in the hospital, three of which I have no memory of. Like, I went to bed one night, woke up, what I thought was the next day, it was three months later, and I was fine all of a sudden, and nobody knows why I got better. Like, the, the, the diagnosis that I had was... Uh, Progressive multifocal leukoencephalopathy, which is a progressive disease that you don't get better from. You will be dead in a year. And I'm still here. Nobody really knows that that happened. But in the months following, they had me on this medicine called Mepron, which is an anti-pneumonial, keeps you from getting pneumonia. I was on it for three months. I found out afterwards that I shouldn't, like a nurse friend of mine uh, who heard, uh, and the doctor that I went to after this, when we ditched this first doctor, they said, oh my God, you're not supposed to people have, like the maximum you're supposed to have that on is for two weeks because it doesn't leave your system. It builds up. And what it was doing, it was making me insane. And I was having these moments of rapture and like what would happen with all of a sudden colors became really intense and gorgeous and like music was physical. And I was at the point where I'm going, I survived this horrible thing that nobody knows why and now I can see all this stuff. It must be God. I have been saved. <laughs> and yeah, manic stuff. And so I could, I, like, I could see myself in mod. That, uh, yeah, you could, that, that there's a fine line between crazy and sainthood. And if you look at the lives of many of the saints, you're going, that sounds an awful lot like schizophrenia. That sounds like epilepsy. It sounds like a lot of the saints were just, Mentally ill,
3: but they didn't have any like, explanations for it back then, right? Cool. God did but it. Yeah, we do. <laughs> the sky wizard did it.
0: It was just—it was just an interesting layer for for me. I'm like, because I, I can mm-hmm. see most of her. I'm like, I know what that feels like, honey. I know what that feels like to have the walls talking to you, and you think that's okay, It's because you're special. No, honey, you're just on a whole lot of drugs you're not supposed to be on. In my case, but.
3: Yeah, interesting praying though. in front of a shrine that's... Did you notice that her sh- all the items in her shrine appear to have been discarded from somewhere else? You know, she hasn't been converted long enough for these things to be this worn and old-looking.
0: Mm.
3: Okay. I'm figuring that she, like, scooped it up off the streets here and there from people's trash.
0: I like that. It's interesting. I like that. Oh, okay. So there's a whole backlash in the horror community against these A24 type films, the art house films. So many people say it's not horror.
1: I hate that.
3: <laughs> Gatekeeping.
1: Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. It's like, I hate when people try to say something's not a horror movie. I feel like if you feel it's horror, it's horror. Uh.
0: Exactly. I feel the same way. Um, I just find it's, and it's always the same people, and I hate to point it out, but it's the same type of people. Like I, I don't know how I don't know if you've seen it or how you felt about um, uh, a promising young woman. Mixed feelings. <laughs> I get that. I get that. But the amount of people, it's always the same kind. Of, it's always the same kind of young white dude. That's not a proper rape revenge movie. She should have been out there with guns blazing and murdering everybody. I'm like that's been done.
1: Yeah, we have those movies. There's a thousand yeah. of those movies. You can find those movies. Let's move on. I, I, lo-
0: I, I, I like a lot of Promising Young Woman. I love that. I just thought that they, that they handled that brilliantly, that she got her revenge without killing anybody.
1: Oh, also, fantastic movie. Mixed feelings just because, yeah, it's a tough movie. Well, yeah, of course, of course. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, oh, I'm sorry. We're not talking about the movie, but my favorite thing about it is how many of the people came, most of the cast came from comedy. Yes. Particularly the men. <laughs> Because that makes you trust them on an instinctual level. Oh, they're just funny. They're safe. Yeah, it's they're brilliant. funny.
1: The nice guy. And the you, toxic nice guy. I mean, fantastic. Yeah.
0: And you can't trust yeah, yeah, yeah. any of them. You can't yeah, I love that. That happened That's in brilliant.
1: um
3: Colossal, uh, with Jason oh, what's his name?
1: Oh Ted Lasso. I couldn't get to I couldn't get to
0: <laughs> that one. Honestly. But I tried watching I tried b-
3: comic actor I, primarily. Um yeah. with Doe Eyed and. um uh, oh, this is bothering me. I'm <laughs> blanking on everyone's names, so...
0: So, eat a bowl of wet dicks, Nicole. Hello, this is Flemdy Gargoyle. The actor that Nicole is trying to think of is Jason Sobakis. Why are humans also stupid? Why are you all so stupid? You know how you get less stupid? By letting me poop in your mouth. Back to the show.
3: Anyway, in Colossal, the, the male primary actor is usually has done comedic stuff in the past. So you trust him and she's, you know, the woman's building a relationship with him. And then there's a turn in Colossal and all. And it seems especially ugly because she started out trusting him and he seemed like a good guy.
0: So if I, I mean, I say this is definitely horror, especially I if, I mean, if you're not maybe familiar with Catholic religion or religion, People, just people generally might not get it as much but i like i saw so many people i knew in this movie yeah like i said i have that relative that could very much be maude and i've also seen like the the, the flip side of that the people that are under her control mm. and how they're they're played and just like i said all these things that they taught us in school which are just ridiculous Ridic- the transactional nature of things like it, it's very strange and it points it out beautifully without being um heavy handed. Like I said, I did that I was able to take away this totally different interpretation of it that I enforced on myself. Like, what if I watch it like it's the song of Burning Death? <laughs> I could see I could see if they took away that soundtrack and changed the title a little bit that we they would be making us watch it in school every year. Yeah. Along with the now you're making the me want to
1: watch it again, you know? <laughs>
0: <laughs> it works that way. It, re- it really does work. And it, it's a very skillful, skillfully made film, especially for first time at Bat for Full Length feature.
3: Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean that the, that and that gatekeeping keeps coming up. You know, I follow the. I I live in Salem, Massachusetts, and we have a horror fest, a horror film festival, every year. And mm-hmm. the person who runs it runs a very political Facebook page and puts up a lot of, uh, I think you could safely call them progressive memes and anti-conservative memes and mm-hmm. things, and gets a lot of complaints, which is. You know, why do you have to make this page political? Why do you, this? Why can't we just enjoy horror? If you don't think horror is political, political, you're not paying attention.
1: <laughs> that makes me so angry. It's like horror's always been political. It's always had a message, and I just yeah. don't understand these. Uh, usually, guys like Patrick said that just mm-hmm. think they own what horror is. Remember, I had like I mean, I live in Arkansas, so finding like horror fan fanatics, like, sometimes is rough. I had a co-worker come up. And he's like, oh, I love horror movies, too. I love them so much. And I was like, oh, great. He's like, what's your favorite horror movie? And I said, Rosemary's Baby, since I was a kid. Love Rosemary's Baby. He said, oh, that's not really a horror movie. Have you seen Midnight Meat Train? I was like, I like that, too. But can we not tell me what's uh, not horror?
3: Makes me yeah, infuriating. If it's, if it's not a dude with a knife or a giant hammer... Or something going yeah. out. And a body count of
0: people, 35 with, yeah, with close-ups of wounds and stuff like that. You mm. don't need... Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Now I, I love Horror of the Mind, and this is definitely that kind of a movie. I, let's say it's Horror of the Soul. Yeah. 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 Because if that's who's waiting for us on the other side, do we really want to go? <laughs> because that's terrifying. terrifying. I'd rather
1: go with Amanda, you know? <laughs>
0: And Hey, Amanda rocks. You're, gonna, you're always going to have a good time with Amanda. She's on a dip and she's still fun. Yeah,
3: yeah Wherever exactly. she's going, that's, that's the place I want to go.
0: This but, is cake. Hey, people bring cake. <laughs> it's cake and booze
1: <laughs> and pills. I'll bring yeah. some cakes. I'll bring some whiskey. Let's do this. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I think we've done St. Maud. Thank you so
0: much. Um, Casey, where can people find out more about you and about your artwork?
1: Okay, well, uh, Instagram, it's evilgoods. Design, uh, so I do a c- illustration series called The Films of Fright, which is my take on monster heroines and monsters of horror movies and try to like distill them into the very simplest form possible yet still showing what they're all about and the concept of that character as I see them. Uh, also just CaseyLoman.com for my illustration graphic design work. Works well.
0: Fabulous, I love your work. It's why right you're here. I, I fell in love with them instant. I saw the Femmes of Fright. Love them. I've got five of them. I've got the five that I featured. I've got them framed on my wall over here. So, <laughs> I, I love them. Yeah. They can't keep the door.
1: Very <laughs> good. You They're want adorable. to see me, you got to get
0: past them. you got to get past them. Are you going to do a same mod?
1: Oh yeah, I, I've already. I was drawing her uh, before the podcast. I was like, well, if I'm going to be on the computer, I might as well start. I knew it. So. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> so I'm hoping to release it the day you release the podcast. So.
0: Oh, nice. Now, whenever that might be, it might be Friday. I don't know. Yeah, it depends. Like, I am mean, weak after <laughs> all this. Like, I'm going to pass out after we finish. Nicole Davis, when you were on last time, you told us a bit about movie go round. What we didn't get clear. What exactly is the round apart, the go round apart about your 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 film about your podcast? Because uh, it's not really have, straightforward.
3: We have rotating themes. We have five themes that we run in a very strict rotation. So there's you know new to two where it's new to two of the three hosts. We have uh, now it's can we just talk about which is movies that just someone is desperate to talk about but doesn't fit in any of our other categories. Okay. Uh, future Classics, which is movies that have come out in the last 10 years that we think will be classic. There's Around the World, which is an international film. And then the last one is You Did This to Us, where the audience picks the film. And it's often challenging. <laughs> so uh, Yeah, you can I know find that because you-, <laughs>
0: because you did this to us. You did that to me, Nicole. You volunteered that was the one I guess- for that slot, Patrick. <laughs> I warned you. I tried. Warn you. I didn't didn't know it was on the roster. I didn't know it was going to get stuck with Catwoman. (laughs) (laughs) Which will be out someday. I keep being told. Yes, it will. It will. (laughs) will. It's only been seven years, Nicole. I know. I I was 17 when we recorded that episode.
3: (laughs) So when it does come out, you can find it on mgrpodcast.com or any of your podcast apps.
0: And I'm not sure if I said this on this show or not or before we started recording, but I, I think it was before. I love movie go-round in general. You get me to watch movies that I wouldn't normally watch, particularly like the Around the World and New to Two stuff. And also, I find you guys very soothing. <laughs> you're, very, you're all very smart. You all have your opinions. You never fight. It's, I love it. It's just a nice, nice show. It's a comforting show.
3: I don't know if I'd want to do it every week if we fought on a regular basis. If there wasn't at least, you know, it it there's the occasional affectionate sort of play fighting argument, but that's that's about it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You tend it's, to always be on the same I mean, page with the I'm just thinking like Encino Man, you all came in on the exact same page.
3: <laughs> oh no, I don't think I did. <laughs> I whatever. had zero nostalgia for Encino Man. <laughs> I think we all felt Random? the same way about Sean Aston though.
0: <laughs> Random? Random. I found a movie with Polly Shore in it that he's actually adorable. It's pretty right. Shore, Paulie Shore. It's, it's, fan- it's a little horror movie called Phantom of the Mall, which is overall adorable. It's, it's Phantom of the Opera, but set in a mall with teenagers. And he's very sweet in it. It's before he was on MTV and had that character. But anyway, we're not talking about Paulie Shore. I think we're just <laughs> babbling now. So we're gonna wrap things. Things. Th- blah, 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 blah. We're gonna wrap things up. Thank you so much for joining me for the inaugural episode of season twelve of Scream Queens. This is a tough movie, but we got through it, and I think it's fabulous. And I think both of you are as well.
1: Thank you for having. Enjoy
0: the rest of your Sunday. Oh, you're both welcome anytime. Take care, kids.
1: Bye. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs>
0: Alrighty, then. Thank you once again to Nicole Davis and Casey Loman for coming on and help me talk about St. Maude. And please remember to check out Nicole over on Movie Go Round Podcast. It's a delightful show. And. And and keep an eye on the Scream Queens merchandise store because we're going to be featuring five, five, five brand new selections from Casey's Femmes of Fried collection, including that new St. Maud art as soon as she gets it to me. So check out the store at www.screamqueens.com slash merch. And of course, you can pick up all kinds of stuff there. And it's not just T-shirts over there. It's, you can have all these things printed on mugs or sweatshirts or hoodies or tank tops or Phone cases or wall art. Pretty much anything you want. You can get it printed on. And plus you can get the Scream Queens t-shirt logo there as well. The official one. Yes. So I've been thinking about the movie St. Maude, as I've been editing the episode, and things have been coming a little more clear to me. I kept saying that this reminded me of those movies that I saw in, in Catholic school where, about the lives of the saints. And I'm going to stick by that. I'm going to double down on it. Because listening to the um, playback of our session and the sound clips that I was picking out, I'm going, no, it really does. I said this, the soundtrack kind of leads you otherwise, to, to say that it's creating tension. And I said, but... You know what? I've seen a lot of those as well. And also that sound that they keep using. that I suddenly realized that's like Gabriel blowing his horn to bring down the walls of Jericho. It's fearsome, as in a fearsome god and an awesome god. It's the voice of God. It might be menacing, but above all, it's awesome. And I'm using awesome, like when you look at the Grand Canyon and you are struck with awe, not in like 80s or modern day awesome. It's like, oh my God, these jelly beans are awesome. No, I mean like you are wonderstruck. I kept leaning for an alternate title. I think I said it a few times, like The Passion of St. Maud or things like that. I suddenly realized The Last Temptation of St. Maud would be a perfect title for this as well, because that's exactly what happens, and that always happens in those St. movies, is that moment where they doubt, where the devil tries to make them doubt their faith, and they come springing back, and they rise to glory. That's this movie in a nutshell. If you watch it in that way, you can interpret it that way. It reminds me of that movie Hell House, not the horror movie, the documentary about that um, Christian haunted house where it's all about the deadly sins that are going to send you to hell, and they get everything wrong, and it's incredibly racist, it's incredibly homophobic, and sexist, and just horrible, terrifying movie to watch. But they don't comment on it. The de- documentary doesn't tell you that it's horrible and and sexist and homophobic. No, it lets you decide that. So I remember reading reviews where people saying. This is horrible, homophobic, and sexist. And other people saying, praise Jesus, this is a wonderful film. Look at the wonderful work these people are doing. So I love a movie that's open to interpretation like this. So, yeah. Is St. Maude a horror movie, or is it an inspirational tale to call us home to Jesus? Who knows? Who knows? So, as I promised earlier, what's been going on at Scream Queens headquarters since I've been on break? It's been a nonstop nightmare since July. I don't know who out there put the hoodoo on me, but they got them their money's worth. But they got their money's worth because it has not stopped. My mother continues to slip. She doesn't know me at all anymore, uh, which is been really difficult, especially with everything that's happened during this time. For instance, I got really sick. I got, you know, it seems like every six months I get some weird stomach thing. Well, I got another one, and this one was particularly bad. It lasted for three weeks. I couldn't eat it all. I lost 25 pounds in three weeks. So, great, my COVID-20 is gone, but I'm also too weak to walk up the stairs. I'm getting better. I'm getting better. I'm pretty much back to my old energy now, and I'm fitting into clothes that I haven't fit into in ages, but it was rough. It was really horrible, and just as I was getting better, I got mugged right outside of my building. And they got my wallet and all my IDs. So for the past two weeks, I've been functioning without bank cards or ID. And the thing is to get ID replaced, you need other ID, but I lost all of it. So it's all been this snafu of red tape and it's been miserable. And one more thing. Bum, bum, smoochy, watch, yada, da, da, da. What's going on with that cat? Rawr. I'm sure a lot of you know already, but um, the week after the show ended, in July, Miss Muti went over the Rainbow Bridge, and it's been really hard. I've been trying to get her into her vet for two weeks because she wasn't right. Something was wrong. But with these COVID restrictions, I just couldn't get it. They only had limited appointments. And eventually, I came out one day, and she was flat on her belly with her four legs spread out. And I'm going, and she was just looking at me like she didn't recognize me. I said, I got to take her to the hospital, the emergency room right now. And um. It was diabetes, and I, I don't know how it progressed so quickly because we just had her tested in February and she was fine, but it was too far gone. They tried to stabilize her, and um, she's she's left me. And I, for the longest time, all we had was each other. You know, all during lockdown, it was just me and her. And I have to remind myself how sick she was all the time, and how I how much attention and money she required. <sighs> But I think that just drew me even closer to her. And thank you to everybody who reached out with your condolences. They were all very—they meant a lot. And I know I'm still responding to some of them because it's— I would see them as they came in, and i kind of register them like, thank you, thank you, thank you, but I couldn't read them. I still can't read some of them. But since this is Smoochie Watch, and uh, it's about what's going on with that cat, she's still here. She's right here on the shelf over my podcasting studio in her little urn with her big fat pigeon that Vanessa McHenry knitted for watching over her and uh, she's still giving me side eye from the other side. I miss her like hell and uh, I just wanted you to know because one of the things that really struck me when all these condolences started coming in I realized how how many of you had gotten to know her through the show and people were recounting their favorite stories about Miss Moochie and It touched my heart to see how widely she was loved, even though most of you never met her. As I said in that stupid song from Harry and the Hendersons, Love Lives On, Beyond Goodbyes. I love you, little girl. I miss you. I miss how you drove me crazy every single day. And it just occurred to me that's probably the last time I'll ever sing this Mochi Watch song. God damn it. Okay. So next time. We are swinging to the other side of the taste fence. We were all tasteful and classy here with St. Maud tonight. Next time, we're going to be talking about Beyond the Door from 1974. And as an added bonus, this is the Nightmare Closet selection. If you're not familiar with the Nightmare Closet, that is the segment of the show where I go back and visit a movie that traumatized the living crap out of me when I was a little kid and watch it for the first time as an adult. And let's just say this movie is bananas. And I said, you know what? If I'm talking about a movie that's absolutely bananas, there are only two people I want here to really, really dig into the trenches with me. And that is Stacy and Cindy from Creepy Kitch. They'll be here talking about Beyond the Door. And that is available on Tubi and Shudder. And just so you know, the Tubi version is is edited. There's a key scene that's missing. That you really don't want to miss. So if if you need a subscription, if you need a reason to subscribe to Shudder, there you go. You need to see the absolutely insane thing that happens in the first 60 seconds of the movie. So if you want to get in touch with the show or if you have one of those missing episodes from the first season, please drop me a line out on Facebook. That's www.facebook.com slash Scream Queens with a Z, of course. I'm not on Twitter anymore, so don't bother. I got docs there where I told you that story last time. I don't use Twitter anymore. It's not a happy place for me, so yeah. I'm letting it die. So find me on Instagram at Scream Queens Podcast. Check out the shop. Get your merchandise over at www.screamqueens.com slash merch. And come play with us at the drive-in every Sunday night. We've been having movie nights, free movie nights. And I'm going to be putting a schedule up on the website very soon if it's not up already. But this Sunday, we're going to be watching Burning Bright which is a suspense movie that I talked about during that first season. It's one of the missing episodes about a stepdad, a creepy stepdad who decides one day to get rid of those pesky kids of his that are such a burden on his finances by boarding them up in a house during a category five hurricane with a live tiger. Wonderfully underrated film. Come hang out with us every Sunday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, www.screamqueens.com slash drive-in All those links are down there in the show notes if you didn't get them the first time. I think that's about it, kids. So until next time, my beautiful, beautiful Screamers, continue to make the world the creepier place. And don't you forget for one second that Scream Queen's golden rule. Oh, gosh, it's been a while. I'm out of practice. All right. Can you help me out? I think you can. Fight or flight. Survive the night. Make it to the final reel. Wear a fucking mask. Wash your fucking hands. Keep your fucking distance. Get the fucking shot. And don't forget for one second how much I love you. See you next time, kids. Mwah. for tonight's show, and as otherwise specified, has been written by Sam Haynes. You can find all of his music at www.bandcamp.com. Bitches! Eww.